Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Freaks and Geeks. Uh, today, it is May 23rd, uh, 2021, and it is currently 3.44 p.m. in Los Angeles. And today's guest uh, is a good friend of mine. His name is, well, his government name is Brandon uh, Logan, but he goes by uh, many, many different names. And uh, he's a guest today, and we're just going to be talking about whatever comes to topic. There's a few projects that uh, Brandon has been working on, and we're just pretty much going to dive in from there. My first question to you was kind of off topic, not related to um, your projects that you're doing. But uh, how how was it for you, since you're probably the only person that I really know that had to work during um, a pandemic and, and everything that was going on, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how this past year has been for you uh, working uh, in the place that you worked and, and what has that, you know, what have you learned from this past year during this pandemic? Um, is there anything that you learned from it, from it? Well, to answer the first part of the question, uh, what was uh, what? It, how was it working during the pandemic? It was really it was extremely hard, uh, physically and emotionally. Um, when you're in healthcare, you're you get used to the or just kind of understand the notion of somebody is normally here because a they need long term care, hospice care, which is they're you know they're they're gonna die soon. Our short-term care, which means that, you know, it's not too long before either they're going to be discharged or they're possibly going to die soon. So there's death in healthcare. So that's not the, the hard part. The hard part is the frequency of death. That, that was the, the new thing for me. Just all these people you develop relationships with were dying with the snap of a finger due to like an illness that you couldn't see. It was like fighting an enemy you couldn't put a target on. So it was almost like a like being in a war, they were saying we're on the front lines and I would, you know, kind of like roll my eyes at that, you know, because I had family members that actually fought in a war. But then as time progressed, I was like, yeah, this is, this is like a, a war, a biological war that, you know, the medical field's fighting and constantly fighting, just like how they, they constantly fight overseas. And when we think that the war is over, it's really not over. And that's exactly what's happening right now, too, in the medical field. The war is still not over, even though it seems like everything's going back to normal. No, it's, it's still not over. For places like where I work at, it's it's dying down. But at the same sense, we still it's it. What happens now is it's uh, it opened up a new policy and guidelines of things, which makes the uh, job extremely hard because now you have to be very cautious and visual, and you have to do all these steps and protocols and and infection control guidelines just so. <clears throat> You can have a running and uh, you know, a running operating building, but um, for me, most for the most part during the pandemic, it was extremely hard. And I'll say that <clears throat> what I learned from it is that you got you can only do as much as as you can do for somebody. You know, don't don't be hung up on not being able to do something, not being able to you know, restore someone's life or not being able to bring that fever down, not being able to, you know, re handle all the requests because you can't please everybody. And 
that was one thing I, I always, as a CNA, I always try to do, which is, you know, try to do as much as I can for everyone because I know it's not the situation they, they you know, thought they were going to end up in. Mm. So. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and, and, and for me, and, and that's just one, one part of it. Um, we're just talking about the work aspect. You know, it doesn't have, it doesn't involve with, you know, personal life or yeah, and other things that were going around, you know, it's just my curiosity is because I, I was fortunate, you know, that I didn't have to really work during this, during this time. So, Mm -hmm. well, here and there, but not, not to the extreme, like to what you were doing and others were doing when, when it was like complete shutdown and lockdown and all that stuff. And yeah, uh, one of the things was was a lot of, you know, overworking because some of the staff members were sick and some of the staff members were scared, so they didn't want to come. So that meant, you know, we were overwhelmed. And there were times where uh, I would have a whole, like, like a whole station. I got over 25 patients to clean, change, and take care of on one shift, you know? Mm. So. so would you say that the intensity of your work definitely, like, like, has it prior to when, let's say prior to when, when the pandemic hit, was the intensity of work very, very different opposed to it is now? Like, it, has it calmed down? Has it changed at all? Or do you think this is just going to continue the way it is now from forever now? Like, this is just... Well, I didn't think the that's... whole, like, wearing mask and bullshit like that might keep going for, I don't know, forever how many years they need to. But as far as it being no that the, the high critical situation was actually during like the pandemic where every we actually had a, a, a covid zone right now we're and well, all we have is a pui section which uh, means that you're you know if you're from the hospital or anything you get put into this uh this zone and it's like and, you know we, we test you to see if you know maybe you pick something up or anything like that and if you're fine go into the green zone that's like the change here and of course you have to check your uh temperature at the door and as well as when you're in the when you're working in the yellow zone i exclusively work in the yellow zone you have to wear ppe equipment excuse me full equipment which is ppe equipment face shield and an n95 mask and my apologies too for those that are listening i kind of just jumped into it but i didn't really explain what brandon does or what his job is so for those that are listening you care to explain what is your, your job title and what is it that you do yeah, I work uh, in a convalescent home. I'm a CNA, a certified nurse assistant. I've been a certified nurse assistant for over three years. I've been in healthcare for over five. It's not just a job for me. Uh, it's not just a paycheck for me. Uh, at when it first when I first started, it it was it, I needed a job, so it was it was that. But as it progressed, I started to see why my fa- all my most of all my family members are in the business. So mm. for me, uh, you, I mean, it's real documented i i want to be an entertainer and you know ultimately that's my end game but my fallback plan has always been and always will be to either further in healthcare and sit at a comfortable position where because uh, i love healthcare, so i would never like you know get another job to support my acting or uh, supporting my my dream to being an actor or entertainer uh so for me this is like i'm i'm doing this because I, I love it and i want to do it I see. And did you, didn't you start as, didn't you start a security guard there? Weren't you a security guard first? No, I was a smoke aide, which was just somebody who uh-huh. helped patients who couldn't, 
really plus it was like a babysitter slash you know assisting people who couldn't use their hands who had tremors who had a stroke or something oh shit and, and so now and so now you so how long have you been there <sighs> well specifically at this location i've been here for about three years <clears throat> oh, but uh i i quit another job that i was at uh, uh for that i was at for five was across the street due to the management but i didn't get along with the management there so I mean, I can go back now because uh, <clears throat> there's they have different management, but yeah, I've, but I've been in the same because both of the hospitals, excuse me, both the convalescent homes are in the same area, so. Okay, so now we can, you know, since you you were mentioning about um, that you have this as a job, but you're, you know, one of your your goals is, you know, acting and filmmaking. So my next question would be, what got you into filmmaking and what would let's say like where did it start for me for you at what age and and why is it that you have such a passion for filmmaking or acting as well well uh i got i wanted to be an actor at an early age i won't say early at the sense of like a baby or anything but i was always introverted but when i would play with my toys i created scenarios i created like things that I would take from like, let's say I just watched Starship Troopers. Then if I'm playing with my GI Joes, they might be on a, a planet just like Starship Troopers. Uh, and cult, uh, cult classic, by the way, that movie is a great right. movie. Yeah. Casper Van fucking Dune or whatever. Dean, that guy's good. Um, we were, um, so if I was watching, I just watched that movie or something like that. I would use even some of the dialogue from there and, and make sure I gave every character a different unique voice. And from there, um i was when i was in fifth grade we we all like we're taking what well, they're all getting us ready for what we you know elective courses mm-hmm. so like computers or something like that drama and i took drama so um that's when i fell in love with like like plays and stuff like that so we were we, were, we got was a, a very kid like a not a dumbed down version but a very slightly different version of the original william shakespeare's Macbeth just because we were kids and we weren't going to be able to hit that dialogue because the old dialogue is written in old English. Um, but it was, it's written, it has some old English and some uh, King's English, like from the modern day. So it was able for us to translate and be able to perform it. I played Banquo, which was Macbeth's best friend. And that's a big role. You know, you have to memorize so many lines and so many cues because he ends up dying and then comes back as a ghost. But after that, that whole thing, we, we, we ended up performing. For, for the school, we had three shows. The first show was for um, our, 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 our class grade, which was, the, the, I think, fourth grade, and we killed it. Second show was the main fucking show, like for the parents, for the, everyone, and we murdered it. The third show was for the first graders, which my brother was, no, our no, second graders, which my brother was attending, and we boofed it so bad. I mean, really boofed it. Like, I, I remember falling on Mark when I was supposed to, like, go walk, you know, like, trot away on a horse. I fell. I remember my homie missed his cues, like, three times. And he's a narrator. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, after that, 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 but from there, I, I just love that feeling. I love the feeling of entertaining, getting people laughing, and, you know, being another character. So, after that, you know, I... I tried to dabble. I dabbled in background work uh, with one of my best friends, Ryan, and he got me in a lot of stuff because I was younger, so he would take me along with him. 
so I did I did a few background things for a few movies and I you know I thought it was cool I, I had met with an agent or not an agent but just a, a casting a casting uh agency and you know I had got, I had went through the whole nine yards got some headshots and stuff like that but nothing was cracking like no hitbacks for auditions or anything like that nothing was cracking and I just started to begin to think that this shit was a scam and I just put that shit on hold and I put all my focus like on basketball. And then at the time I was going into conti- uh, continuation school, I dropped out of high school. And around this time I had met Michael, um, Ace, and a few other homies right here at, continu- at this continuation school. So right there, uh, around that time I, I got into music because of Michael and Ace. So then my focus went strictly on music. So past that period, just to fast forward a little bit, we'll fast forward to Elysian Park when we're all kicking it, me, you, and um, Grave Ridgewater, fucking Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has his cannon on him, and, and you know, like we're all high and shit, and we're like, hey, let's, let's make a movie. And no script, fucking, you know, after it, after we were done making it, we, when we were watching it, you know, I, I was like, oh, wow, this is dope, this is dope in that, but like, in the back of my head, I was like, no script. I, I was like, it's very hard to watch me like that. Like, I was like, I didn't like it because I was like, I feel so wooden. So, like this. But then I was just like, but I was like, but we had, we were on to something. I was right. like, we have like a group and we're on to something. And then the, the next time we thought of doing something, Camp Killjoy, uh, that's when I was completely sold on really wanting to be a, an actor. And But I, I wasn't put. I'm not, I'll be the first one to say I wasn't putting that much effort, but I'll, like as much as much effort as I'm doing now, but back right then and there, that's when I knew I wanted to do something in acting because I was like, this is fun and I could do this. Like I could be on set for days, like not doing anything, waiting for me to, you know, get, you know, get on, on set and do my lines or, you know, help with angles and all that shit. I was just thinking in my head, like, because originally Camp Killjoy wasn't going to be made unless, unless, you know, Michael saw it and Michael didn't, Michael at the time, he was very, he's like a perfectionist at, at the, at the top of the top. So he wasn't going to budge on like some very waxed shots. So he was already ready to call it in. And actually I spoke on this on his little midnight swim. Um, when he had saw the little clip of, I think it was me pulling Isaac into like this dark abyss. That's what sold him on it. And, after that, we we spent three fucking wrong ass days, you know, doing that thing. And after after watching the end in ending it, you know, excuse me, after watching the the whole thing come to life and stuff like that, it was just like a great process. And I just wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep making stuff with you guys, but you know, part of that was hard because Michael has the camera. Michael was more, like the director because he had more knowledge. I wasn't going on computer studying um, how to do this, do that, do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were either. We were just there, you know, we were just there wanting to be actors on <clears throat> on whatever film we could think of. So right. I would write so many scripts and try to present them, but they weren't done. I would write scripts, though. They weren't done. And Michael would question them <clears throat> and, and uh, I would think I'd have a good answer, but it wasn't a good enough answer to be put to be brought to life. So a lot of times those motherfucking scripts didn't get put, manifested. So what happened was that we would be a lot of dry, uh, dry periods. We end up doing a lot of shit together. Uh, 
the whole bedroom melt uh, the whole motel bedroom excuse me the whole bedroom window motel window series forge for vengeance all these fun things but then we we hit this like super uh like 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 a what do you call it a fork in the road where mm-hmm. we weren't making anything all of us weren't making anything together anymore and i just was like you know what i have a cell phone and i was like i how am i going to get better if i'm not practicing so that that from there I made an Instagram and I started posting, you know, little like vids, like me doing like little things. And from there, I started to get a little bit more serious and, you know, started to look at some cinematography stuff and how to write better storylines, stuff like that. And and, that, and that's what, um, and to me, for, for me, that that's what, what the beauty about all of this, because a lot of things come around full circle. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, during that whole downtime, I can, it's funny because I could speak to this because obviously I was, I, I know what you're talking about. For those that don't understand, they wouldn't know. They're looking at it from a different view, but I remember all of that going on. But I also remember telling you that, you know, I felt like we all kind of had an excuse to why we couldn't do things or why we didn't want it. <laughs> you had just, brought it up yourself saying, well, Michael had the camera and this and this and this and that. Like, you know, those were just moments of just, you know, uncertainty. You were insecure about yourself. You didn't know if you wanted to do those things or not. And, you you know, it felt more comfortable, obviously, doing it with me and Michael or whatnot, opposed to you doing it by yourself, you know. But yeah. the beauty of all of that is that that downtime that we did have everybody, it made you reflect and it gave you the opportunity to realize that you didn't need us. It's great to have us, correct? Yes, it's wonderful. But at the same time, for your ideas and your things, like, because I always saw it within you when you wanted to create. And it's like, you had a vision, you had an idea, but then sometimes you wouldn't go to Michael because Michael has his idea and he has a way of seeing things, you know what I mean? But that was Mm -hmm. the beauty of it, is that you have the ability to create your own in your own way, you know, regardless of, of the fact, you know, and, and, right. and I saw little moments here and there when you would try to like create a little video and you want to do a music video for your song and stuff like that, you know, those were your moments of just testing the waters out and finding out if you could do these things by yourself, because that's all it is in reality. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, now look at where we're at. You already have one full season of a show that you did. You're, you're on a second one and then you're already creating a third one. Like, you know what I mean? Like before years ago when we were doing Camp Killjoy or we were doing all those things, those things weren't in your mind because it was just with the, the group project. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't exactly. your individual self of like your content or your creation of your thoughts and your ideas coming to life, you know, because they were always there, but you just were afraid to put them out. But now that you put one out, one whole complete project, it makes a difference and it gets you going. So the next. Yeah, thing- definitely. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. The next thing I wanted to lead into was me asking you is, is after you made that, that first season, how is it that you continue to motivate yourself? And what is it that you do every day to, to continue to, to create these contents or these, these shows and these episodes that you're doing right now? Music, uh, honestly helps me. Um, the creation of Timothy Graves happened, um, to happen a long, long time ago. I mean, I've been using Timothy Graves as long as we started to do acting and making films together. <coughs> I always pitched <coughs> a character named Timothy Graves, that uh, a guy who was a necrophiliac. Um, 
who always used to say sometimes the fantasy wants to be real. And that, and I would tell that to Mike, but I could never get like a good story around him, you know, to to push Mike to want to do something with it. So uh, we end up doing some like a little teaser or something uh, to it about like two years ago, like or a year ago. No, I'll say two years ago. We did like a teaser of this guy like descending into madness, and and that was a pretty close to so, of something that I wanted, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. So I just left it alone. And then one day I had I had checked out my gear of like attire that I had, and I was like, oh, I want to. I'll probably make. I was like, I should, I'm gonna make this thing about a a killer, you know, like. But he's like maybe an ice cream truck because I had a bow tie, and um, but at the time I I you know I had. I started seeing something else. I was like, no, this could be Timothy Graves. I was like, this could be a guy who, 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 who descended into madness because his, whatever, you know, his girl or his wife cheated on him. And now he wants vengeance, easy story to tell an easy horror, you know, kind of thing to tell. And uh, that's what I thought, but I didn't come at it. Like I came at it with like a, 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 like I wanted to have a format and, I just followed my format and, you know, a lot of people like liked it and people followed it. People were telling me, Hey, uh, you know, that, that weird show where you're like in a bow tie, that's just crazy. Like, even if you didn't know the name of it, that's like, that's great for me. You know, like, cause people, I used to care if people liked it or not or didn't or watched it. And I learned that it just shouldn't matter. Cause it's like, there's people that draw art for free and there's people that go on the boardwalk and play all day and don't care if they, you know, made a note or anyone like heard them, but they know someone's listening, you know, so they know someone's watching in the sense, you know, they didn't need the validation of somebody saying, Hey, look, I like your stuff. And it, you know, like here, you know, continue to be pleased with that because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to be pleased with just, you know, Oh, that was a good movie. Now it's uh, for me, it, I'm going to be humble for that. But the one who goes, I love the fact that when you transitioned into the next scene, he was already showing that he had anger. Like when you tell me something like that, then I'm like, oh shit, okay, thank you so much. Because then you're getting at you're getting what I wanted to get at in that scene. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But <sighs> yeah, I, I pretty much. Uh, at, what keeps me motivated, like, would have to be, like, when I said music, it really does, like, the re- reason why I started, see, I started season two uh, earlier than I expected to, just because I wanted to start it over, uh, started going again, just because I was having, it just happens to me like that, because when I write, I write when I'm walking, or, like, very spontaneous, I, I don't come sit down, and I feel like that's, like, force writing, you know what I mean? But like when I'm at work and have a minute to just spare and I'm busy and I'm like, it's like pressured. I like, I like that feeling. So I'll write like that. And I had wrote a good episode two for season one. So I just did that and boom, but you know, and then what's led to episode two, which you guys helped me out on, which I was appreciative. And that was another thing I was going to touch on just because I venture out and do my own thing. Doesn't mean that I will never try to you know get you guys on it. Like I mean, as you well aware, I always ask, you know, I always try to see if you guys want to do something or try to do something to uh, a part of something that, that I'm going to be a part of just because I wouldn't, you know, like, I just, that's just how I am. Cause I felt like we saw started this together. So I'm not going to leave nobody behind. Um, also, uh, 
the funny thing is when me and Michael started making music and we, we hit a little, you know, a fork in the road with music, uh, when we were younger, I ventured off by myself and made Injustice 3. It, it just always happens that way, you know, like mm-hmm. with me and him when it comes to cre- our creation. It doesn't mean that we stop creating together. It just means that one of us goes off to, or both of us, when we're not creating together, we're off learning and being better uh, solo. So when we come back together, we know more. That's why when we shot this episode, this last episode of Timothy Graves, our angles were good. Like the the editing was good. Your your angles were good as well. Uh, fucking acting was good. It, you know, it's just because we've been going <clears throat> going back and learning. You know, do, putting some time into learning our craft as opposed to just winging it. You know, as soon as we get there, so what are we gonna? You know, like there's no we we're here now, and then there's one thing that used to happen with all of us. We're here, look at each other. Okay, what do we do? the fuck yeah um i kind of wanted to to ask this final question in regards of why is it that you think is it that you chose film and music opposed to let's say i don't know art like painting and um, whatever other hobby may be, what do you think it, as far as like, what do you think about film and music that relates to you that you want to share with other people um, when it comes to your creative process? Honestly, I think it just builds within, within me because um, my dad, he came out here to do music. So my, my dad always had his hand in music and for me, I didn't want to learn a guitar when I was a kid. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, no, like I wanted to play ball. I wanted to play basketball. But it, it took like, you know, I made, like I made that song this one day and that shit is true as hell. You know, when we, you were there, when we were all at Guitar Center and um, Michael's playing and you're even trying to fuck around with the guitar, but I'm just really bored right there. And I'm just like, you know, can we like bounce? Like, <laughs> this isn't what I consider fun and being high at the same time. Yeah. And uh, I remember when we were walking out, I was just, he was just like, you know, you, you, you should like learn how to play fool. Like he's like, I was like, nah, I just, you know, I just like to sing. But then that day when I go home, my dad had, my mom just bought him another guitar and, my dad let me borrow his acoustic. And from there, I just, you know, I try to learn. And I was getting excited when I would make progression. And from progression, I wanted to learn how to, like, play long, to play enough to, to write a song so I could sing. And crazy enough, I did that. And from there, I was like, fuck, this is, this is, this is like, you know, this is, this is something. And then I did that, uh, I did the rabbit hole, and then people were like, wow, you sound like, th- you sound like a Kurt Cobain, or you sound like Nirvana, or you sound like Rush. And I was mm. liking those comparisons, as opposed to, you sound shitty, or, oh, that's good, you know, like, but people were, like, excited for the sound I was making, and so it just, from there, I was really en- enjoying it, and so I always gravitor- gravitated towards music, because that's what I was more of into. I was never sitting around drawing. I was more than likely sitting around listening to music are writing music. First first instrument that I learned how to, you know, use for music was a pen and a pad, you know, cause just writing rhymes and mm-hmm. writing raps and shit. <clears throat> Interesting. 
love it beautiful beautiful answer well look we're gonna we're gonna end it right here um on that on that note um if you want to say something you're, you're more than welcome to, to say that also if you want to tell everybody where they can follow you on all your social media platforms you're you have the floor right now to let everybody know where they can follow you and they could uh enjoy your content for sure hello everyone thanks for listening thanks for tuning in uh if you want to check out some more of my stuff some of the timothy gray season one some of season two or some of the stuff from my past work we go to at enigma nova on instagram i have a plethora of content that you can go through and as well as mr enigma on youtube i have also, Timothy Gray stuff on there and some self-tape acting tips. And you said you also have uh, something you're also working on another. Oh, right. I'm right now working on a project called Sunflower Seeds. It's about two uh, twin brothers that are dealing with uh, their sexuality. And one is uh, one is kind of trans and the other one is is learning that he's might be gay after failed relationships with girls okay that's amazing so uh everybody please please do me a favor and go follow those that come and listen and check out the podcast um thank you brandon for uh taking the time out of your day and, and really doing this we're gonna have many more of these this is just you know one of many that that will come and uh, you know these are still like testing grounds and we're still i'm learning how to do these and things like that so we appreciate mm -hmm came by and, and, and listened and, and checked out the podcast hopefully hopefully you, were, you learned something from from this and i hope everybody has a blessed day night wherever you were listening to podcasts and thank you guys for showing up appreciate you thank you guys all right bro all right.